with authority. Aloha! Welcome to Most Muscles and Podcast in Bay Area Sports. Welcome to ABC7 Sports. With authority. We have yet another big guest today. The Ghost. Robert the Ghost Guerrero Gilroy Zone. I had no idea that he was actually back boxing again. I thought he was retired. He was retired. He's back. He's 2-0 since returning, and he's ready to go. And he's got another big fight coming up, Staples right? Center this Saturday. All right. We're, we're here from the ghost coming up, but we got to talk. There's so much stuff happening. This is the time that you get this convergence with everything happening at the same time. The Warriors are about to embark on a whole new experience in a whole new building with a whole new team. 49ers, we, maybe we undersold them with our preseason picks. They're 3-0. But are they are they for real? I think we know what the Raiders are. They're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they're on a road. They might as well play games in like uh, Antarctica at this point. They're all over the, the map for the next month or so. A little stressful, I think, for Casey Pratt. Mr. Green and Gold Underwear with the A's coming down the stretch in the wild card. Imagine if they don't make it after all of this. They're up two games. I'm gonna wait to retort because I know you're got you have more to oh, do. Oh, okay. Well, all once right. you're done, and, I will and, fire back. A salute to Boach. I can't believe it's the final week. I mean, we, all season long, we know Bruce Boach's final year. Presumed, anyway. Now there's this talk. Hey, the Padres have an opening. He, you know, has a house in San Diego. Would he? Might he? No, no. he will not. He's not. No, he's I know retiring. he's not. The room, Bob Guerin, supposedly oh, in the mix. That is would just, be a great you know, idea. Talking about <laughs> underwhelming. I read that. You sent that text oh, to me, and I was like, I said this months ago on the podcast. Uh, I, I just. Can I go back to sleep? I don't want to have to respond to this. So I, I don't know what Farhan got going on or where that was leaked or how that information was ascertained, but I hope the list of candidates is somewhat better than that. All right, rapid fire. Niners, halfway to my prediction of six wins with three already. We'll get to that. Are they real? Yeah. Raiders, mess. A's. Not yet nervous about wild card, but you should be nervous because the magic number oh, for the meatball madness bet is one. <laughs> the Giants loser, the A's win, and Larry is eating 24 inches of meatball sub right here on this podcast. And Bochi, one of the classiest guys to ever don a baseball uniform. I mean, we're really blessed with Bob Melvin and Bruce Bochi here, but it's crazy that he's he's hanging it up for real and he's not going to the Padres. It's it's going to be so strange. Just looking at the Giants without Boach. And everybody, you know, everybody does a Bochy impersonation. We always do it on the, uh, well, you know, Bummer's out there. and you know, you know. <laughs> That's, But it's going to be I, I, whoever they pick, whoever takes over. And you don't know. They have so many decisions to make in the offseason what that team is going to look like. The whole, just, it's so fascinating. We could do hours and hours and hours just on what the Giants might look like position by position, which we're not going to do on this not podcast. Right not right now. Not Not with Robert the Ghost Guerrero coming no. up. We have a limited time frame, and we can just wait for the season to end, and we can rehash all that while you eat 24 inches of meatball sub right here on this podcast. You, you keep mentioning that for uh, some happening. specific it's reason. Happening. Do you, Are you willing to revise your Niner pick now? Because They're 3-0. and I thought they would win seven games. What's funny is that everybody overreacts. I mean, yeah. they could easily be one and two. They could have easily lost if the Bucks were decent at off. Jameis Winston wasn't gifting interceptions. Uh, you know, they, they could have lost that game. If Big Ben is playing for the Steelers, I definitely think they would have lost last weekend. And what's odd about the schedule is we are thinking, okay, well, this is a win, this is a loss, this is a win, this is a loss. They, they've got the bye week, and they've got – some injuries to deal with, so it actually comes at a good time, even though it's it's this early. But you're looking at the Browns, and you 
thought coming in, oh, the Browns are going to be the really high, good. There's now. a lot oh, of hype around the Browns. The Browns are terrible. They're not I good. Mean, and they don't appear to be particularly well coached at this point. No. Freddie, I'm in your kitchen. Uh, so, <laughs> so maybe that's another win there. I mean, look, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule, so they're taking advantage of what's out there. When the Browns eventually do figure it out, if they figure it out, they could be a problem for people because you look at their roster and you go, wow, these guys should be rolling people. But then after that, at Rams, then you've got the Redskins who are a hot mess. Yeah. So they may be on their way to six or seven wins very early in this regular season. Yeah, I mean, I had them at six. You had them at seven, like you said. But when I looked at the schedule and I made that prediction, I did have them winning those first two games. So I had already accounted okay, for them okay. winning those first two. The game that I did not have them accounted for winning was the Steelers game. And as you mentioned, as ugly as they played in that game, that was a Steelers team that was playing without their starting quarterback in Big Ben. So I don't think they would have won that game. They did, though. So they're 3-0. We give them credit. Yeah, you have to. Obviously, the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter are a winning team. They have been ever since he came here, and he got hurt last year. So you throw that out the window. But I don't know if they're, like, the most real 3-0 right now to me. Well, let's put it this way. You know. When you look at what the Patriots do week in and week yes. out and what the Chiefs do week in and week out, yes. the Niners are nothing close to that in no, my estimation. They're, they're so, getting by. So, yeah, I mean, if you can find ways to win, nobody cares at the end of the it's season how you get your W. You just got to get them. But they do not resemble in any way the juggernauts that those two teams in the AFC represent. So we'll see We'll see how it all plays out. Injuries are a, are a big factor. But so far, so good for the Niners. You're not at all worried about the A's, I mean, nope. coming down the stretch. So you, you see them winning a wild card game? I think they are set up to be a team that can win a wild card game more so than in the past. Because you look at last season, they win in there against the Yankees in New York, road game. And their best option was probably Mike Fires at that point, who you probably don't want pitching in a elimination game in New York because he's more of a fly ball pitcher. Yeah. So I don't really think that they were set up very well going into that game. They ended up going bullpenning, which was just uh, a ballsy uh, approach in a one game. Oh, it was playoff. a terrible approach. It didn't work out great, but they started Liam Hendricks in that game, and look what he's done this year. He's been yeah, amazing. Yeah, except that was last exactly. year. Exactly. I'm just yeah. saying. It had worked in some form. It was a crazy thing to do in a one-game playoff, which I hate, by the way. We can get into that, too. One-game playoffs in baseball After you play 162, I know. Man. But the last thing Make we need is another. Make it three, at least. Well, one anyway. One game doesn't tell you which team is the best in baseball. Any team on any day can win in baseball. It One game. Come on. Anyways. The A's now have better options. They have great arms right now in the pen. Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck. They should be able to get Lazardo on the playoff roster, especially if Steven Piscotty doesn't come back. Then you have Sean Manaya back and throwing incredibly well. Mike Fires has bounced back. He's been really good all season. So you have some really good options for that one-game playoff. And also, if you win it, you know, if you don't go Fires in the wild card, you go game one in the ALDS and vice versa with Manaya. So... Not only are they set up to win that playoff game with a very good pitcher, they are also set up for the ALDS as well if they get there. So I like where they're at. I think they're just loaded with pitching, and we'll just see. I mean, the A's in those one-game playoffs, it's oh. been nothing but heartbreakers so far. It's been nothing but heartbreakers. But. Where's John Lester when you need him? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. I, that I don't, that yeah. was a low blow. That was, that was sad. I shouldn't have. Erase that, Leonard. I don't want John Lester in that game ever yeah. again. <laughs> well, you're not going to get him ever again. Uh, all right, so let's get to the ghost, shall we? Let's get to the ghost. And, you know, the reason I really, really wanted to talk to the ghost, obviously one of the nicest guys yes. in the Bay Area sports scene, 
He's a six-time champ. He's just a really good guy. And the coolest thing that I saw was he is donating portions of his purse for this fight to the victims of the Gilroy Garlic shooting. Right. And so as soon as I heard that, I really thought we should reach out and talk to him. He came in. Unfortunately, you weren't here. Well, I think I was on one of my many vacations. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We called Chris Alvarez, our new sports anchor, out of the pen. He jumped in for the interview. The ghost was fantastic, and we must say, 2-0 2-0 after retiring. He's fighting at the Staples Center on Saturday. That'll be September 28th if we're in a time capsule yep. here and you're listening to this some other time. On FS1, so you can watch it on TV. And it's the undercard for the Porter-Spence fight, which is actually a huge fight on pay-per-view. Yeah. So, without further ado, Robert the Ghost Guerrero and his charitable efforts. All right, the champ is here. He's in the house. Robert the Ghost Guerrero, thank you so much for joining us, man. And you know, I reached out to you because the first time, um, right after the Gilroy Garlic Festival shooting happened, we got sent there to do some coverage, and I immediately thought of you, and mm-hmm. it's because you're like Mr. Gilroy. <laughs> and then, I mean... The garlic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can smell it. No, but what I heard later was, though, that like you had family there, and your dad mm-hmm. lives right there, so that really hit close to home for you. Oh, definitely. I was out of town at the time when it happened, and just you get calls because you have family members that are there even friends because the thing about Gilroy is there's a lot of old families there like my grandparents were there my my father you know we grew up there so you know everybody knows each other and you just have a a lot of friends and and family around so Gilroy Garlic Festival is like we take pride in it that's that's our thing I mean that's like a Bay Area thing everybody loves to go and, and and especially for Gilroy residents, it's like, all right, Garlic Festival is coming. Everybody's really hyped up and excited. And then, so you know you're going to have family, friends there, no matter what, either the days that it goes on. And, you know, I get a call, hey, uh, I seen on social media, so-and-so's there, this and that. And then you, you just start freaking out. You hear there's a shooter and you're panicking, like, you know, who's there? So you start calling everybody in your family, you know, are you okay? Or were you at the festival or what? So... It's kind of it's kind of scary. Who did you know that was there? <clears throat> I had uh, two nieces and a nephew that were there, um, wow. actually doing. Um, they were volunteering because uh, what happens is uh, the two high schools from Gilroy Christopher High School and Gilroy High School, they their kids volunteer to get um, credit for uh, for you know for school mm-hmm. to graduate. So. Um, that's what they were doing there and you know a lot of the cheerleaders a lot of the athletes ha- have to go and volunteer so you know them being there cleaning up and stuff doing whatever working in the booths uh yeah i had a niece and uh, two nieces and a nephew there one of my brothers was there my older brothers and yeah they were they were pretty shaken up and freaked out about it thank god none of them got injured but um you know a few f- uh, family friends and stuff like that you know got hit and stuff like that with bullets and um, mm. it's, it's tough it's tough but Man, Gary PD did their job and they took care of business. I take my hat off to them and commend them. Yeah, and I know we wanted to talk to you particularly because your next fight <coughs> September 28th and you're donating portions por- proceeds from that fight to the shooting victims. So, I mean, that's an amazing thing that you're doing. I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just to give back, give back to my community. You know, I was born and raised in Gilroy. You know, they, they've watched, they've supported me all through my whole amateur career, professional career, everything, and, and always been behind me. And, uh, you know, now it's, uh, 
it's my turn to give back, you know, and, and to be able to be in that position to 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 donate a, a portion of my purse to uh, to to what's going on and to help out people. I mean, it, it's it's what we do. That's nice. A, a huge fight for you coming up for the scouting report. We want to know what your thoughts are as you're a couple weeks away from that big fight. I'm excited. I feel great. Yeah. I think I'm right on point where I need to be. Weight, everything. Uh, man, I'm just feeling good. Feel like I'm a uh, man. Like I'm about 25 years old. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody says that. I feel good, yeah. but I, I actually feel that. And, and me, I'm an honest guy with myself. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 36 years old now, and man, I don't feel it. I just feel great. I, I just needed some time off, and man, I feel good. I, I just can't wait. We got a couple of weeks to go. I sparred yesterday. Sparring was great. Hardly got touched. Worked the all the stuff that I needed to work. Uh, you know, behind my jab. The one thing that I'm doing the most is back to those boxing skills. Mm -hmm. When I got to 147 pounds, I just wanted to be this monster. Just go tear everybody up and just bang them out. And <laughs> rough guy. And, some blows. Yeah, yeah. like oh, like I I turned into like you know partial MMA guy. Like just let's go at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, in the boxing ring, it's the sweet science and. And me coming up from 122 pounds to 147, at the lower weights, I was on my game, boxing these guys and, you know, using my jab skills, knocking guys out, slipping and sliding. You know, I was being the ghost. Mm -hmm. The higher I got, the more I wanted to stand there and trade. I, I think I had like a chip on my shoulder, like, hey, I'm not just a little guy where I probably had that little man mm -hmm. syndrome, mm -hmm. you know, these yeah. big guys. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, just spiraled out of control and, and man, shoot. I had to get rid of that. I think the time off is uh, what made me realize, sit back and just analyze my fights, watch them and, and really break them down and see what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, I mean, you stepped away from the sport. Like, mm -hmm. you retired, right? Yep, so I retired. what <laughs> made you really change your mind and how much do you think that kind of helped clear your head and, and, like you said, make it more about the mental approach? I got tired of being retired. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was, uh, it was, it was more, you know, just sitting back, you know, I was, uh, analyzing for fs1 mm -hmm. and, and doing the ringside just watching and, and then um you know just looking at my films just seeing you know how my skills were just diminishing not because of of i'm getting older or i'm losing speed or power or anything like that it was more just mentally wanting to just get in there and go toe to toe and mm -hmm. just oh, i got i'll take your punch let's see if you could take mine and you can't do that especially when you're a little guy coming up, that's where your skills got to come more and uh, you got to really use them. So uh, that that's, you know, where it's like, man, all right, I'm going to make this second run again for a title or, or you know, to try to uh, unify the division at the welterweight, you know, get back to that boxing skill. Just focus on just boxing, 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 because everybody knows I can get in and mm -hmm. exchange them. But I just got to bring that boxing back, and that's what I've been doing. You've obviously come back, but ideally, you don't want to look this far ahead, but ideally, what's the best way to go out in the sunset for you unified, as a boxer? Unified champ at 147 pounds. Okay. Um, you know, I want to clean the division, man. I do want to – I can see it. I can feel it. That fire is just cooking in me right now, and um, it, it's just getting back into that position, and, and it starts, uh, you know, this next fight coming up. How hard is it to balance like long-term vision with short-term like none of this happens if I can't get through <laughs> September 28th like uh you just got to keep it burning man yeah keep it burning and uh you know that's why you take one one fight at a time you can't overlook anybody and uh sometimes uh you tend to overlook people and they they sneak up and bite you man so 
you know, this guy right here, we got to focus on him and, and and give him 100% of what we got. Fighters are some of the most disciplined athletes I've, I've ever met. I offer you some cheeses, and that's a no-go. <laughs> you obviously have to yeah, right. what stay, man. Would you yeah. like some cheese? Like some cheese. I was trying to be a, a nice, a nice housewarming gift. Second round. <laughs> Um, but as far as, you know, you have to keep your diet, everything has to be so in check. And really, it's all for, you know, one night. Whereas football, you have games and practices, basketball, you're playing all the time, baseball. Mm -hmm. Take us inside the mindset of a boxer where you build literally almost a half a year of training for one fight. What is that like for you? Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of focus and dedication, you know. Cheese, it's this, that. You know, that <laughs> everything's coming your way, you know. Um, I offered him water for the yeah. record. Cheese. <laughs> but, you know, it's just that it's that discipline. It's how much you want it, how much you got that fire burning. Um, it is tough, though, because, you know, us fighters, um, we got free reigns to do what we want, really. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're, we once we train, we go home, and now it comes down to you and how disciplined you are. Um, you know, we, we don't got that next game like, you know, you watch baseball, they got a three, seven game series and, mm -hmm. you know, they lose one game, uh, we'll get it the next one. Or basketball or football like that. We, boxing, it's, hey, you lose, you're back down to the bottom of the barrel and you got to work your way back up. So, um, it's just how much you want it. You know, your mindset, that focus, it's a mentality where um, it's got to be, it's got to be the way you live. I'm, I mean, you know, you go home, you do your thing with uh with the family and everything engage with them and do all your stuff but at the same time you also got to have that discipline to be like man that lasagna looks good honey, <laughs> but, and i'll stick with this you know the the baked chicken or whatever you know you get you got to have those cheat days though every once in a while or you'll go nuts but um yeah it's just it's just keeping in everything in moderation and check knowing when to push when in, when to pull on that that's all that also goes for training mm -hmm. you know because we stay in shape all year well, I know I do. Yeah. Try to stay in shape all year, so you know I'm ready to just jump into camp and start sparring, do what I got to do. Um, yeah, I, I it, it, you got to know when to push because you can overtrain for a fight where you leave mm. everything in the gym. Yeah, and that that's where that saying comes: leave the fight in the gym. Mm. You, it really it it's a thing where you can overwork and you're just your body's just so exhausted, so gassed out. Where when you're in the fight, you go like this and just tank. So. Huh. Um, you gotta know you gotta you gotta have that balance out and uh, you know that's one of the things is you know having a nice pretty long career you're able to use those experiences and, and be able to know when to push and pull and know your body how much does your wife help you I know you're a family <laughs> man and, and you helped her a lot too in the past so obviously that puts a lot of things in perspective because she beat cancer right oh yeah so, I mean, how much does she kind of help you at home and, and make sure that it's not lasagna being thrown at you all the time <laughs> yeah um, you know she she cooks pretty clean all the mm -hmm. time so you know it's, it's the way she was raised also in her family her mother always cooked clean and stuff so you know she you learn from your mom and, and you learn how to cook like that so you know a lot of her recipes are really clean so i mean it, it's it's good at home it's good mm -hmm. and then uh you know her beating cancer i mean you know what she had to go through when i look at it it's like man she, she's fighting for her life i mm -hmm. fight for fun man yeah. this is what i do i make money doing it i love it take advantage of it and have fun with it you know uh, be disciplined don't get all crazy you know love what you do and, and you know that that right there though my wife battling cancer was a big eye-opener on, on just life in general like hey man shoot you, you get to do what you love to do thank god shoot, mm -hmm. you know so you know that that just that right there that whole fight and and, and seeing my wife all the time i mean it's it's uh when you see the family it's like you want to go out there and get it yeah, I mean, you kind of had to step away at that point, too. 
oh, yeah. you know, and help her out and kind of put your career on hold a little bit. And I mean, how much does what she went through and what your family went through really put things in perspective? Like you could step into the ring with literally anybody and be like, this is easy compared to that, you know? Yeah. Well, for one, I have a whole different outlook on women. Yeah. Because when my wife went to the hospital, I mean, I used to just train, run, do my thing, whatever, you know, come home, eat dinner, relax, mm -hmm. play with the kids. But when she got sick, I had to do everything she did. I had to pick mm -hmm. up all that mm -hmm. roll, take the kids here, daycare, wash their clothes. Everything that she did, I had to do. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. I thought, and, and honestly, I thought, man, I work out hard. Yeah. You know, I train. You know, I, I deserve to relax at home. But now, experience what, what she did, it's like, her mother role and taking care of me also mm -hmm. it's like it's like man i need to step my game up man <laughs> shoot my job ain't that hard I, it's like disneyland compared to what you're going through wow. shoot so um yeah that gave me a whole different outlook on everything and you know to appreciate just everything that comes your way all the opportunity um you know the blessings that come your way you know and just family it's like man that's why like when, when the gilroy thing happened you're just like yeah freaking out like whoa oh you know who's there you know you know hopefully nobody got injured and you know not being able to be around you it trips you out yeah it's like it's quick to put things in perspective and it helps you realize like hey maybe work is like the easiest part of my day right yeah funnest part actually yeah. man i go in the gym and beat up the bags <laughs> you know, beat up guys in the ring have fun listen to music train work out sweat look good and it's like man it's, it's a privilege. <laughs> yeah, I can't get any better than that. Yeah. What do you think the sport of boxing is? With you obviously have the popular, you know, popularity of UFC and those type of things coming up in mixed martial <laughs> arts. Uh, yeah, boxing's a sweet science. Or if you were coming up today, would you still would you be a boxer? Or would you want to do uh, maybe the MMA type of fighting? I would want to be a boxer more than ever right now. Hmm. Why is that? I mean, you look at the deal Al Heyman signed mm -hmm. with Fox. It's the biggest deal. It's incredible. All the TV dates. With TV dates, you got that TV ramping new. Right now, there's fighters making just crazy money right now. I mean, it, it's ridiculous right now. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. And and the welterweight division is like stacked and like smoking hot. It's like man, it's exciting. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, I I really I really commend and take my hat off to Al Heyman because he really really cares about the fighters about them um coming up and, and that's why we're on network tv now because you know hbo showtime yeah that's all great pay-per-view yeah it's great you know wow i'm on hbo or i'm on this but how many people buy hbo package how many people buy showtime package or 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 even just buy a pay-per-view mm. not very many people do that mm -hmm. and you know people get together the, together to do that stuff but now you got fights every week on network TV, on Fox, mm -hmm. FS1, FS2. And, you know, you sit back, you turn TV on, boxing's on. You're like, oh, that's how you become a household name. Interesting, yeah. And, and with us fighters, I mean, we start from the very, very bottom where there are millions of fighters out there trying to make a run for the. There's only few titles. Everybody's trying to make the run. You know, you got the UFC. It's just the UFC is a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Boxing's 
boxing, but now you got promoter here, promoter there, promoter there, managers this, that, that. Fights all over the place. Mm. It's like the Wild West. <laughs> so, you know, you now you got a guy like Al Heyman who just goes, hey, well, we're going to take our young fighters out of the Olympics. We're going to take our top champions. We're going to put champion with champion. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's all going to be on free TV. You build your you build your marketability. You build your marketability. Guys like Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, Ali, all those guys, Wild World of Sports. Mm-hmm. That's why they were so big in boxing mm-hmm. is because the average person got to know who they were. And it, and out of sight, out of mind. I mean, if you don't fight on TV, nobody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I developed a big fan base was because I fought a lot on Fox. FS1. You know, coming up in my career, you know, those FS1 fights were, were amazing because they showed them over and over and over. Your next fight, too, FS1, right? My next fight's going to be FS1, made of it, and they're going to show it over and over. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... We'll show this over and yeah, over, too. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, if you missed it, you're going to see it. Yeah, if yeah. you're just watching baseball, boom, boxing's going to come on. Or you're watching soccer, boxing's going to come on. So, I mean, it, it's right now is the time to be a professional boxer and... I mean, you guys had, like, Devin Haney on here, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Everybody knows Devin Haney now. He only has, man, shoot, not even that many fights. But because the way they're marketing him, putting him on TV, doing, a, you know, network TV, it's, you know, you get to see him for free, mm-hmm. and then that buzz starts building. You start getting to know. You, you, you got a fighter you can follow. Um, you know, not just, well, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez is fighting on pay-per-view today. All right, let's watch him. Wow, he's an amazing fighter. But... There was like twenty guys that were coming up on the undercard you'd never seen, mm. or you didn't, or you didn't even get to see. You only seen the pay per view fight. Now you got Fox, you got you got FS1. So my fight's main event FS1 leading into the pay per view fight. So now whoever's fighting on the FS1 fight, everybody's gonna get to see free until now you gotta buy the pay per view. So the FS1 fight, probably the majority of the people are going to see that yeah, and they go, you know what? Yeah. I don't think I want to pay for that, man. I already seen some good fights. Yeah. No, Let's everyone go to dinner. will pay for it. Let's go to dinner. You know, you talk about like the sport being the Wild Wild West. We talk a little bit about Devin Haney, who actually spars with Mayweather. You're one of the few mm-hmm. people that got to throw punches at that dude. I yeah. mean, what did you think, Busted like, the... <laughs> there, you go. there you go. What do you think, though, that that did for the sport with McGregor stepping in there? And, and like, do you think that was good overall or, or kind of iffy overall uh it was good for boxing yeah i mean it was great (laughs) it was great for boxing because you know there's that always that battle oh who will win mma or boxing but it's just two different worlds man you know you throw mayweather in in the cage he's not going to know what to do no matter how much he trains shouldn't it be like a one for one yeah, like you gotta get in the tiebreaker. You know, like yeah. I mean, if you don't do both, it doesn't really tell you anything, right? But if Mayweather gets in there, I think it'll be a quicker payday. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because it'll be like, just take me down. All right. Yeah, arm bar, you're done. Ten right, seconds. <laughs> but um, no, nah, I mean it, it's it's two different worlds, and um, you know the the techniques just way different. You mm-hmm. know, boxers are a lot of like sharpshooters, like a sniper. You know, and and you got a sniper sitting up there, and you got a bunch of army guys coming at you. You're just gonna be picking yeah. them off. That's the way boxing is with MMA. But now you put a sniper down there with them, and you're just gonna get run over. Yeah, it, it's different. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was great, like I said, for boxing because there was that always that animosity. Oh, it's better boxing or this or oh, MMA guy will beat this guy or boxing. You know, but you know, it, it, it by versa wherever you go. I mean, you know, you're just better at your craft at where you're at.
Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe not saying McGregor could have caught him with a shot. Mm-hmm. Caught him, never know. But um, he got paid. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's money out there. Uh, take me inside the mind of, of when you walk into an arena, you got the music blaring, whatever song it is you choose. But I always want to know what it's like for a fighter because I know as a fan or as a press person, you can't really get up and cheer, but you're, you're, I'm amped up and I'm not fighting. So for you, uh, take me through that moment as you walk into a, a packed crowd and then you're going in the ring. Like, what what goes on in your head? Oh man, you're just like your hair stands up. <laughs> you're all sweaty. You're like pumped up. And you're just like, man, you know, you just can't wait. You're anxious to get out there and make it happen, but at the same time, you're so anxious. You're just like, okay, I gotta relax because, you know, I'm gotta be focused mm-hmm. still. But you, just, like, for me. I start heading out to that tunnel. I literally want to run to the ring and jump in there. That, that's the <laughs> way I want to see that. That'd be fun I want to run in there. That's what I did my pro debut, and I'm turned around. And nobody, I'm like, hey, where, where, like, where's <laughs> that? And they're like barely coming out of the tunnel. But um, yeah, I mean, I just get that feeling. You just hear that crowd just roaring, and, and it's, I mean, MMA guys can tell you this, boxers can tell you this. It's like nothing else because you're in the center. And everybody's up on you, and wow. you just hear just raw. You can feel it in the mat, and um, man, it's incredible. It's incredible. The closest thing I can say, probably like feeling wise, like without the emotion, is probably watching your child be born. Like, yeah, well, you're like all excited, <laughs> yeah. like, oh man, oh. Yeah. But without being like, oh man, and start crying and yeah. stuff. Because I, I was a crybaby when my okay, children man. were born. I'm not going to lie. I have two kids, and I tell you, like, I, I tell new parents, the second you see them, the like concoction of emotions and fear and stress oh, yeah. and love, it hits you all like a ton of bricks. I almost passed out. Yeah. The first oh, time. yeah. Doctor told me, hey, sit down. I'm not going to help you. I got a baby to deliver. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I did the same thing. They were like, oh, we got, you know, we can see the head. And I was just like, oh. Whoa! Like I'm, I feel like dizzy right now because it yeah. just hits you like crazy. I, I think I was breathing like my wife, like <laughs> doing the. <laughs> but, yeah, That's hilarious, cool. dude! I didn't even know we were gonna go down that road. I like it. Yeah. What about like I know you're a Bay Area guy and we've followed you the whole time because of that as well. But like, what are some of your teams? I know you saw a Raiders poster out there. You got a little excited. So like, are you still a big Raider fan? I know you live in Vegas. So do you, what do you think of the team moving? Things like that. I'm excited, man. Yeah, you're excited, man. <laughs> <laughs> Following me now. <laughs> nah, you know, I, I'm a big Raiders fan. I love the Raiders. Uh, I'm excited we got Gruden back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wherever they go, I'm going to be a fan. I, I love the Raiders. Um, you know, I'm an Oakland fan, so I watch the A's a bit here and there. I'm not too much into baseball. Um, I'm the type of guy I like to play it, but it's hard for me to sit and watch. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Bay Area sports, man. Yeah, so you're pumped on the Raiders going to Vegas. Yep. You're like more Raider Nation than I would say, because there's like yeah. Oakland Raider fans and Raider Nation fans. The Raider Nation fans are down no matter where they go, no matter where they play. Oakland fans are kind of pissed. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it is sad because yeah. it's not going to be like the way it is in Oakland over there, yeah. like with the tailgates. The tailgating. The, the tailgate is probably the best part. I mean, most guys go into a Raider game; they don't even watch it because they're gassed out drunk like man i'm just gonna take a nap right here on the chair <laughs> but i mean it, it, it's 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 incredible it's the i think going to a raider game is just a whole different experience for some if, if they've never been to a raider game like even if you're not a raider fan just go for their experience and try it out you'd just be like wow now i know why these raider fans are so like just, just juiced up yeah, and all excited amped. because just the way everybody is i mean it's like one big 
barbecue party out there. And they come from everywhere, right? Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, you can get an airport anywhere near a Raider yeah. game. It's just full of silver yep. and black. I mean, they're traveling. They're they're going to make Vegas a lot oh, of fun yeah. on game days. Oh, it's going to make fun for every team, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Every team that the Raiders play there, it's like a vacation for them to go watch for their sure. team. Yeah, make <laughs> a week you know? out of it. You know, a whole week tailgate party, you know, out in the casinos, they'll just you know, watch the house, don't bet it. Has <laughs> there been a sporting event that uh, that kind of got your head, you know, your, your hair standing, like you mentioned, when you, when you are out there, you're you're the guy, but uh, where's there an event you've been to that, wow, that was, I'm at whatever event, this is really, really cool. Yeah, at the Olympics, you know, I was watching the guys in the curling. Yeah. Oh, no, Curling's <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. We work late nights in yeah. TV, so like you come home at 2 a.m. and yeah. that's like what's on live. And yeah, so yeah, I yeah. watch some curling, man. Man, if I could move my arms as fast as those guys sleep, <laughs> oh, dude, I'll it's be fun. like, I'll be like a Sugar Ray Leonard, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, but, um, nah, you know, shoot. Probably, I have to say, the Raiders, man, when they went to Super Bowl, was it 2002? Yeah, against the Bucks. Yeah, against the Bucks. Oh, that man, was I was so pumped up yeah. and all excited, and then I was like, come on, Jerry, go and catch him. Because they had Gruden. Bucks yeah. had Gruden, so they had a whole playbook, place. man. Yeah. They, they had no yep. chance. Yeah, that was probably one of like my most memorable games I watched and was like all pumped oh. up about. Come on. You know, Raiders in the Super Bowl, you know, shoot. That was in San Diego, too. Yeah, that was in California, yeah. even. That's yeah, brutal, so. man. All right, so September 28th, what can we expect to see? What can we expect to see? One last big plug, like, <clears throat> what are you expecting out of your opponent? Do you think too much about what he's going to do? Do you watch a lot of film, or do you go kind of more instinct-wise? Like, how are you going to handle this? Uh, what I do with the opponent is uh, I, I break him down, I study him, watch all his films, you know, how he moves and stuff, what he likes to do, make his mistakes, mm -hmm. um, what you know, the bad habits that he has that I could capitalize on. I start building my game plan around that. And then also too, just working, you know, working your fundamentals, working, stay, sticking on your game plans, the most important part. So, you know, watching this guy, uh, you know, he's kind of real awkward, switches up, throws punches from weird angles and stuff like that. And those are always the tough guys mm. to fight because they have like no rhythm. They're like all over the place and punches come from, you know, you're like blindsided with shots. So, um, you know, right now we're working on a uh, on, on just building that building that game plan for him, where where the way he moves and the way he comes in and, and comes off balance is, uh, you know, just firing those shots, man, just countering, timing them right on the right button, and uh, you know, just making sure everything's sharp right now. All my fundamentals, my boxing skills, because I am gonna have to use a lot of boxing with this guy, because I'm gonna have to run him into stuff. I'm gonna have to line him up, box him, use my jab run him into shots because of the way he moves and stuff so um yeah i mean shoot that's that's uh you know what we're building around the game plan right now and just as we watch and just keep watching every time you watch more film on him over and over you know you start spotting things out like oh well look at this and look at that well maybe this or look at he don't like this he got touched right there he don't like that so you know you start adding things in mm -hmm. adding things in and then by the time you know it man you're just ready to go because with that repetition of sparring and everything and what you're working on, that's the one key though, is in sparring, you gotta work on your game plan. Mm -hmm. Some guys wanna go and just ah, look good and bang away and <laughs> do this and that, and yeah. man, I'm feeling great. But at the same time, you gotta work on your game plan, what you're getting ready for, to be able to execute. Interesting, all right man, September 28th, FS1. FS1. Watch it, Barry guy. <laughs> Donating portions of his proceeds to the Gilroy shooting victims. Best dude right. out here, man. Everyone should be rooting for the ghost. Thank you so much for coming yep. in. Thank and you, And we're going to definitely check you out. Thank you, man. So interesting to hear from the ghost, who's now 36 years old. And one of the things that 
I used to marvel at when he would fight when he was in his prime or when he fought Mayweather is he was known as a, a high volume puncher. Like he would throw a hundred punches around. If you have any boxing experience, you just go stand in the corner and throw a hundred punches in a three minute window and just see how tired you are. Yeah, you'd be gassed. It's exhausting to throw a hundred punches, especially when somebody is also throwing punches back at your face. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one thing to just go do, do this. That's hard enough just standing there to do, go throw a hundred punches. But uh, so I, I'll be curious to see what he looks like. Uh, I know he's going to be in great shape despite the efforts by Chris Alvarez to feed him junk food while he was here. What is, <laughs> I leave for a few days on the podcast and it all just, you know, come on. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things we've experienced here is like when double champ Bellator champion Ryan Bader came in, told us all about what he has to go through to maintain his diet, drop weight before fights. Devin Haney told us all about that. So the funniest thing that happened is, you know, usually when we bring these guys in, the first thing you and I offer them is water. Because right. we know that's pretty much all they can consume. Well, it's also our budget. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much afford. what we can. It's what they can consume. <laughs> it's what they can have, and what we can afford. Yes. But the funniest thing is, we went in the break room. I got I got the ghost some water, and then Alvy has a bag of Cheez Its, and he's like, "Want to cheese it?" And he's like, "No, I can't have Cheez Its." Yeah, I'm training for a fight. <laughs> so he has to avoid the junk food, even when it's put in his face. I thought that was really funny. Another really cool thing: the ghost, this guy. Does some broadcasting. He's going to be a great broadcaster, much yeah. like Andre Ward, another great yeah, barrier fighter slash broadcaster. We had so much fun doing this podcast that afterwards he came to the sports department and we just hung out and talked and just shot the breeze. And it was really funny. At one point he goes, man, why did we stop recording? <laughs> we like talked for two hours. We went over all this stuff. Because nobody wants to listen to a three-hour <laughs> podcast. That's why. But he wants to come back. We had a great time. And honestly, I really hope that he has a lot of success because he's one of the nicest, coolest boxers that's come out of the Bay Area. And obviously, it's really scary, everything that, that his family went through with the Gilroy Garlic Festival shooting. So props to him. Props to him raising the money for the victims of the shooting and We'll see. Staples Center. FS1, you can watch it on regular TV. Don't even have to buy anything. Well, and at 36 to get back into the ring, you're starting to get up there in years. And uh, I, I hope he's got his quickness and the punching power and the, the high volume. So it'll be, fun. it'll be fun to see what he's got. Yeah, absolutely. And when we come back, I think by the time we finish this, the A's and Giants will probably have clinched this meatball madness bet. So it's very likely that the next podcast we do... We'll be Larry eating 24 inches of meatball sub while we recount the A's and Giants' many successes and failures of the 2019 baseball season. Well, are you going to get Joey Chestnut in here to coach we me up? We are going to reach out, and he has said that he will come on. Oh, we did say that already? We, we I talked to him after he won the Nathan's contest. Okay. So yeah, yeah. He'll, we'll see if he comes on. All right. I mean, it's going to be something we're going to have to fit it into his schedule, in our schedule, and into your stomach. Okay. Yes. Uh, how can people... Well, they're already listening to the podcast. You can watch it. They can watch it? They can watch How? it on YouTube or abc7news.com slash with authority. You can subscribe. You should definitely subscribe because you don't want to miss Larry stuffing his face with meatballs. <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also Google Play. Excellent. I think that wraps it up then. I think so. Puncher's Chance. Aloha! With authority!